0: going on? Welcome to TFW Live, the best kept secret in fantasy football, where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. I'm Austin Sear. And of course, joined here by my best friends, Johnny Game Time Hicks and Big Travi getting this mock draft Monday going. And of course, here with you, Whisper Nation. How could we not be? Mike Herrick coming in the chat. Joel Worth will be seeing in a second. Here's jumping in the chat too. We got Scott, we got Ronald Calla, we got Anthony aka Rasta joining us in the chat. Mike Jersey J, a bunch of familiar faces here. Great to be with you on this American Independence Day. And if you're tuning in for the first time and you would like to be a part of a community where you know that you belong, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We are looking to grow just one more subscriber, just one more. You could be that one. And if you are tuning in, let us know where you're tuning in from. We'd love to shout you out live on the show. But we got a very... Special guest to bring in right now, you know him from Club FFL, Joel Worth, coming to the program. What's going on, Joel?
1: What's happening, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad yeah. to have you here. Yeah.
0: We're going to be getting our mock draft here started in just a moment. Today, it's a 12 team half point PPR single quarterback redraft league we're going to get it started here in just a minute i'm going to be drafting out of the four travi in the six joel there in the seven and johnny closing us out in the 12th spot joel where's your favorite position to draft from here in 2022 in redraft leagues
1: uh i generally like to be on the ends uh this one i just picked i hit a random number generator and just let that decide my fate but uh if it's you know if it's third round reversal i like to be on the back end but uh otherwise i generally either out either end is fine
0: Nice, nice. Well, we are uh, about that time now. Let's go ahead and bring in the mock draft. We got a full draft room here. Whisper Nation, great to be doing this with you. And if you haven't yet followed us over on Twitter, at the Fantasy Whispers Twitter account, do that because we're going to be sending out a tweet with this, the results of this mock draft. Going out into the Twitterverse, so if you're following us on Twitter, make sure you comment on that post when it comes up, so we can be sure to tag you as well in this one, and then in future ones. But Johnny, is there anything we're holding out for here? Are we ready to get this thing started? We can get this started.
2: Remember, no defense kickers yeah. on this. Oh, yeah. At What's all? the rules? Give us the rules. What's the the, the rules? There are the there are no rules, dude. It's Fourth of July, baby. <laughs> We've we don't got have rules receivers. in America.
3: No, there, well, I'm, don't I'm have a, to start three wide receivers so uh as as austin bails out in solidarity but yeah like uh three three wide receivers that's what we're rocking with so that's the only quirk other than that half point ppr single qb and if uh if i've got permission i'm gonna hit start this start this draft
2: oh you have Uh, you
3: anthony coming here from palm springs what's good i love that
0: one Joel, love to get this first question going with all of our guests that come up. Well, first, let me go ahead and just say thank you for joining us on today's show. We are this 4th sure. of July. Yeah, man, we've got you there. You got your Twitter handle there at uh, uh, the Joel Worth. There you can follow him over on Twitter, part of Club FFL. Where else can Whisper Nation get to know you and follow some of your work, Joel?
1: Uh, Mostly in Club Fantasy, uh, FFL, but I also do some uh, rookie profiles for the IDP guys for their. Uh for their rookie magazine, so that should be coming out soon. I think it's available on the site, but the uh, the publication will be coming out soon, so you can find me that's on there as well.
2: Sweet.
3: That's pretty sweet. Yeah, we, we uh, rarely get in with the IDP specialists here, so that's kind of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys are like, uh, I don't want to say a dying breed, but it what? does feel like... – <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 should I say mean, it never, I should was say it
2: like fun. ever a big thing? Don't you have to yeah, be like a big thing before It's getting you better. Them. I think it's people
1: – you know, as people realize there's – team defense isn't isn't all that. There's
0: more to it than that. So
3: Yeah, exactly. You and tell it can be a little as,
1: about- as simple or as complicated as you want
0: it to be. What do you love most about IDP? What comes to mind the most when you're thinking about your appreciation of IDP, Joel?
1: Uh, I, I think it's just a chance to, you know, go more in-depth than, mm. you know, just picking a team. And, you know, half, half the guys who are doing – you know, or half the people who are doing team defense are – streaming anyway so you know there's mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of skill in that it's if you're doing team defense it's really mostly random it's you know whoever scores a touchdown that week is probably going to lead the league in scoring so uh it gives you a chance to go deeper learn the player pool and like i said you can get as simple or as complex as you want you can you know go three three players d-line linebacker defensive back or you can go you know 11 12 players so how
0: it's, soon it's really i customizable I, I've never competed in an IDP league. How off? How early off the board do the top defensive players start going in a redraft format? Usually not until the sixth or seventh.
1: Sometimes you might have a few elite players, like uh, you know, like T.J. Watt might go in the fifth or something like that. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to get really aggressive, but mm-hmm. most of them won't go off until you know, around usually around seven, something like that.
0: Okay. Well, we're getting the first round here wrapped out. I want to tap a little bit more into IDP players as we move this one through. And Whisper Nation, if you appreciate being a part of IDP League, let us know about that in the chat. It's always cool to hear a little of that perspective as well. But in this first round, we just got done. Johnny, you took C.D. Lamb there at the turn. You're getting ready to make your second pick to start the second round. I want to start with you, Johnny. What are you thinking about the players you're taking here. Do you have a build in mind? Where's your head at right now?
2: Yeah, I was really hoping Dalvin was going to fall to me. I really wanted to get Dalvin at. Ooh, after way. taking him number one last in last week's <laughs> mock, getting him at twelve would have been glorious. Uh, and then, uh, so grabbing CD Lamb, uh, I've, I've toyed with it a few mock drafts now. So why not try and start with that anchor there? And then I got grab my boy D Swift. I have to grab him in at least one mock this year.
0: I'm surprised you don't take him more often. Like I, mean, I-, you know to I think he's got a legitimate shot to be a top three running back this year. He could he could be that new Austin Eckler, that new Alvin Kamara. It could happen right now. We've already seen it. We just haven't seen it as much as we'd like, but there are no real indicators holding him back. As far, if you ask me, I'm surprised you haven't taken more of him, Johnny. Does it feel weird?
2: Well, it does feel weird having to draft him like all the way in the like beginning of the second. That's what's weird. After you know banging the (laughs) drum for like three years now that he's an underrated running back, and then now it's like it was. I was on him before it was cool. Now it's like (laughs) everyone expects to take him. So that's yeah. I was actually going between Swift and and Barkley. I was trying to decide if I wanted to go Barkley or Swift. You
0: almost would take you take Saquon Barkley ahead of DeAndre Swift, Johnny. Really. Uh,
2: I, I was dabbling in it. I I didn't feel great about it, but I do think that if there is a dark horse kind of outside that's going outside, you know, the top running backs that can finish number one overall, I do think it's Saquon. I think that's the guy that has
0: number one uh, potential. Joel where, are you, Joel, where are you at on the Saquon Barkley conversation coming into 2022?
1: I'm in on him. I've I've loved the talent ever since he came in the league. He was clearly held back by the just horrific coaching staff they had there. So Brian Dable has got to be an enormous step up from what they've had with mm-hmm. Jason Garrett running the offense and Joe Judge. That's a disaster. So I'm, I'm all in. I think that offense could be could be all right. I mean, it could be. I mean, they were pathetic last year. It's the last in the league in touchdowns. Yeah. But um, I, I think they could be they can move up to the middle of the pack. It's going it to depend on how far Daniel Jones can take them. But I think they should be all right.
0: I think so too. I'm there with you. And if they're middle of the pack and they're getting first downs at at least a respectable minus rate and not just like a horrendous rate, then Saquon Barkley, who is still pretty much undisputed, their number one, most talented player on that offense. It, I guess here's my concern. And maybe Travis, I want to get your take, bringing it on here on this as well. But I, I, I've taken Saquon Barkley and been bit multiple times. Y'all have seen us, you me, do this in our League of Record, where I've taken Saquon Barkley in the top four multiple times, both on the times when he's had season-ending injuries. And while his explosive runs are absolutely phenomenal, he's not the type of runner who consistently gets you four and a half yards, four and a half yards, breaks one, you know, five yards. He finds himself knee down behind the line of scrimmage quite a bit. And then he'll meet the line of scrimmage and go down. And then he breaks one, you know, for 60, 70 yards. My concern is that Saquon Barkley, who has been the number one halfback in the world, is just regressed enough because of the injuries, because of other variables impacting that step. Maybe he loses half a step and then he's not taking these 60, 70 yard yards breakaway runs anymore, and he's still, though, finishing behind the line of scrimmage because he's still going for those home run shots. Am I off base on this one, or is that is that a real concern that could cap his ceiling? No, I,
3: I think there's stuff to be concerned about. If you look at it, you know, like when he came back last year, the common phrase everybody's saying is like, you didn't know if it was Devonta Booker or Saquon, you know, like it it, it wasn't, he wasn't that different looking than him. And I, and I agree. There were times that he was kind of shaking off the rust and and things like that. Nate, I also saw a couple games where he looked good. Then he gets his ankle rolled up on. Barkley is saying now that he's, you know, everybody's in the best shape of their life, but Barkley's saying that he's trusting his knee again, he's trusting his body again. I think that's all a good thing. The biggest thing for me is I don't actually care. I mean, look at DeAndre Swift, who was not very good as a rusher last year. Mm. But the amount of volume mm. he gets in the passing game means that it's going to counteract if you're a shitty rusher or not. I yeah. don't Saquon's going to be a bad running back but if he is I don't know if it'll matter because of the volume that he'll see in the passing game Mm -hmm. the the ways that Dable is going to be creative in getting him in space Um, they're already saying it and puffing it up a bit I don't want to buy too much into that but we've already seen it out of Barkley we've already seen that receiving piece in his career so it's not like it's a far-fetched you know pie in the sky thing to get there with Saquon and I just think he's you know he's only 25 years old he's an elite prospect as a running back Um, And he's in an offense that, you know, is, you know, we like some of their weapons, but he's definitely the best player on his team. Like, Like, yeah, they're just working sort of if he's coming back and he's not still that prospect that fuck
0: prospect. He is that player. He is that good. Like he he's that he's that dude. Like he's beyond prospect right there. And then I'm just concerned that it's taken back. I did want to bring this point up because I know we love to mention offensive line caliber and how that impacts running back performances. But Johnny, you had such a great stat you pulled in last year that said the top five running backs in the NFL, it was like the top 10 running backs. It was an even split where half of them came from the top five offensive lines and the other five came from the bottom five offensive line, suggesting offensive line caliber has a lot lower impact on overall running back success than maybe we in the fantasy football world like to think.
2: Yeah, it's is definitely true, like, it's definitely um, uh, an, uh, a stat that is over or definitely overemphasized for sure. Like mm. people just think like oh, contract like, oh, years, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it's like it's like, does it help? Yeah, of course. You'd rather have a running back that's running, you know, behind the Eagles offensive line in theory, or, you know, like one of these top offensive lines, because you just, you know, it's like exo facto, it's got to connect to not so, right. It's like, it doesn't necessarily always mean that you can't have a good rusher uh, or a leading rusher if he has a bad offensive line, because he could be just that good of a rusher. Um, And, and that, that good of a runner so god damn it uh, classic
3: volume (sighs) i think the volume too like Najee harris and you know like was not really good as an explosive runner last year but got a a million touches and we're very happy with the output we got and that's behind a terrible offensive line too. exactly yeah exactly so i think that's you know that's the point we're getting at joel how much do you value offensive line when you're kind of looking at your running back situation
1: um I, it's part of the it's part of the calculation but I think it's more you know it's more part of the team calculation. you know how mm-hmm. you know how many I think I value you know touches and you know like a, in the draft I took Debo Samuel and George Kittle I don't normally like having two guys on the same team but that's that's a two two-man tree right there so you know I'm okay with that that's San Fran's got a good line it's it's kind of vulnerable to injury with Trent Williams being 33 and hurt so um, but you know, I, I think that's, it's, it's something you want to take into consideration, but not overvalue the like by
2: weeks. The yeah. other, yeah. The other big thing too, is that, you know, we generally go off of PFFs top offensive rank, you know, like we always look at it. We always say, Oh, PFF, you know, these are their grades of offensive linemen coming into the season. And that stat also is not very, like it, they always put out one in the beginning of the year and at the end of the year. And a little PFF hate.
0: We got to get a little out of that always. <laughs> well, I, I'm
2: just saying that like even know? PFF, who's great at what they do, they put out a lot of stats, like more stats than than most. That isn't always it's, – it's not the same list, right? Like the top 10 in the beginning of the year is not the same top 10 at the end of the year due to injuries and actual play. So that's the other reason not to look into it too much because even if a team is projected to have a great offensive line – that's a really brutal position and a lot of games. So that offensive line could change, you know, five, six times. And then it's not all of a sudden you just picked a guy just because, oh, he has the number one offensive line and not necessarily a really good runner behind it. And then you kind of shoot yourself in the foot.
1: And Joel, a what? lot of it is just following up on that. A lot of it is, is, is like cohesion. How long these guys are playing mm-hmm. together. You could have, you know, five mediocre guys who play together for three, four years, and that's going to be a better line than, you know, and a Pro Bowl yep. line. So, yep, that, that's a big that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. The line can be a lot bigger, a lot better at the end of the year than they were at the beginning of the year.
0: I totally hear those points in this one, and you think you're making some really good ones here, Joel. And I'm now looking at your draft. I know you're on the clock right now, so I'm going to drag out my setup for you a little bit while you're making your selection here. And you've got no no running backs through four rounds. RB, get five rounds RB no running backs here. through five rounds i love this you're the only drafter right now without a running back on their team jamar chase in the round one followed by deo samuel george kittle marquise brown and you get patrick mahomes there in the fifth can you walk us through a little bit of what you're thinking i really like the beginning to this build so far joel
1: i'm a Unrepentant, zero RB guy. Um, mm-hmm. Have been for a couple of years. Um, it's you, you look at it year after year after year. The top twelve running backs only. You're lucky if half of them repeat. So mm-hmm. it's we, we over we overstate our value or our, our our ability to predict which one of these guys aren't going to get mm-hmm. hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm I would rather take take the receivers, take the elite receivers, get an elite tight end, get an elite quarterback. So I know I'm winning those positions week in week out. And I'll take a chance on the guys. I'll just collect the guys who are the backups and let them take some high floor guys and let them, you know, take the guys that nobody else wants Mm -hmm. and let that be
0: my running back group. I like that thinking. And I want to just bring in some of my thinking that I've let get away from me a little bit on trying to get insurance policies for only my first round running back is actually kind of where I'm thinking about it because you're right right? Like you draft a running back with your first round pick or an early round pick, and there's a very good chance they get injured. Look at all of the years before this year. And that's what always ends up happening to whatever degree it's a significant one. But, and I, I I have loved handcuffs. I pushed them in the past, but only when it's an actual handcuff. Like I'm looking at Dalvin cook and you got Alexander Madison. I would call that a legitimate handcuffing situation, but Derrick Henry, for instance, who's going to be the actual right. handcuff if Derrick Henry does go down? Is it a one for one? Or are they breaking it into an early down committee with a third down back? You don't totally know. You know, Chris McCaffrey, similar type of thing. Um, so when I look at that, I, I actually if it's six of one, half a dozen of the other between two running backs, I go with the running back that does have a clear handcuff if, if I'm actually interested in picking up said handcuff as well, because that is in line with what you're saying there of like, well, this guy could go down. This way, you have an insurance policy on them, but I guess it's almost like melding two philosophies on this, right. where you where you, exactly. where you could do that because I, I do like that, I, and I almost I'm almost regretful of taking Derek Henry here <laughs> simply because I don't have a clear one to one replacement for him. Well, but I think the
3: whole setup worked out really well, you know. So like you do it, and then you hit something like this, like that looks good, and I think you can kind of do that from the middle too, which is helpful. We also. Like, this may be the latest. It is single QB, but we got a bunch of sharps in here. Like, Josh Allen didn't go to the fourth round. We, pretty, we had a late QB run, so I think that's another thing that came into play here. Because I was looking at Mahomes right before you, Joel, and I was like, man, there's value here in taking them this late because you're usually not getting them this late. So, mm-hmm. um, But, yeah. So Joel's here is making his sixth
0: round pick. I want to bring it over to game time. Who's drafted in the 12 spot, took lamb in the first round with Swift ETN, Alvin Kamara to follow Kyler Murray. He gets the fourth right quarterback off the board. And then Deandre Hopkins, his you presume number one target after week six, Johnny, what are you thinking about with your build? We touched on the CD lamb, Deandre Swift pickup, but can you fill us in now on rounds three through six?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I might be, in, I'm, building for the playoff push here, you know, plan on getting Kamara back after week six, probably too. And, uh, no, I, I mean, I honestly, like, I haven't had a chance to draft Kyler Murray. So seeing him sit there and i figured another a quarterback run was really coming. So I might as well grab my guy there. Um, and then Hopkins, I didn't love making that pick there. You guys know what my stance is on, on Hopkins, but you know, uh, you got Brown already taken, I do like the ba- the Bateman after after me is probably what I should have went with uh, mm. was Bateman instead of Hopkins, but I was running out of time, so I went with Hopkins.
0: I like the Bateman reference there. I'm interested to see what the second year wideout can do in Baltimore with all of those vacated targets as he talked about Marquise Brown. Now a Cardinal. We expect J.K. Dobbins who does have some pedigree catch and passes to pick it up. We know he's recovering though from that lower half injury and there's been a couple of pause buttons pressed a little bit in terms of J.K. Dobbins hitting the field. Travis, that didn't stop you though from drafting him in the fifth round. I know you're a big J.K. Dobbins fan of his talent coming out of college and you like the running back situation in baltimore being that they run the ball so much but can you walk me through any potential concerns you have with jk dobbins or why those are actually distractions and jk dobbins is the shit and you want to have high exposure on said position
3: um well i think jk dobbins as a guy who runs the football really talented you know so that's a big part of it and we've talked about that before like maybe you don't need that I think Dobbins, Akers, guys like that that are going, um, Elijah Mitchell that have these kind of question marks, Dave Montgomery, some of these guys in the fifth round. If I got to take these guys as my third running back, okay, like that's when I'm okay taking them, um, because that's kind of the, the, the general rule I have on it. Now, I think Dobbins is one of those guys that can get to elite touch share in an offense that runs the ball a lot. And I think they've told us that's what they want to do. So I'm, I'm interested in Dobbins. I'm also interested in a guy like Akers um, and some of these other guys. But again, it's it's just the roster construction I had to be able to take him as my third running back is definitely we're a little bit half PPR. So it's not as, you know, his his lack of use in the passing game wouldn't be as bad as it would be maybe in in PPR. So some of the things that are into play when when you take a Dobbins there.
0: Oh, get me a Rashad Penny. I'm, I'm going to take good that pick. one. I was, I was I, hoping he'd fall to me here
2: in the seventh. I was going to swoop him up. That's a good pick.
0: Well, let's we'll stick on Rashad Penny here just for a second. We talk about him a lot, but I think it, it earns more con- conversation. We're talking about a system in Seattle that while has had a lot of c- – committees at the running back position. Travis, we pulled up all of the running back Seattle's had in oh, like the last 10 years. And you had to keep clicking the next arrow. There was a lot of pages on that, on that list. Um, we know Kenneth Walker, the third coming in out of Michigan state has got a lot of talent player profiler comps him to LaDainian Tomlinson, the one and only, but Rashad Penny was the number one running back in the NFL for the final six weeks of last season. He's got great draft pedigree coming in and he's healthy right now um joel we've i've heard from johnny and big travi about rashad penny and i do want to hear more of it but can i get your take on rashad penny kenneth walker and the run system coming out of seattle i
1: I think that's going to be penny's job if he can stay healthy which has always been the big if um Mm -hmm. you know he showed last year at the end of the year what he can do when he can stay on the field uh and you know i pete carroll if, if you go back to when penny was a rookie he he struggled to get in front of Chris Carson. So I, I think it's going to be Penny's job, like I said, as long as he can stay on the field, which is a pretty significant if.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No no doubt. He reminds me right now of uh, Darren McFadden and when he was playing with Dallas. Right? We've brought him up so many times where his flashes looked good, and then he had that one weird season. i got to bring that one back up where it was like the majority of the season. He was active. He was rolling. He was cooking. He was good. Um, I don't think it kept going much more after that, or I'm not sure. I got to reference that season again. But that's like kind of where Rashad Penny strikes me. Just he's in the perfect situation. He just needs to stay healthy right now. I know that Kenneth Walker was the second running back off the board, but Pete Carroll does not care about yeah. draft pedigree. I mean, we, we we he took Rashad Penny and then Chris Carson, right? Who was yeah. who was was running the show. So
1: And he's on a team that's gonna want to run the ton under the ball. they wanna run all as long as they can.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not gonna let uh, they're not gonna let them throw a whole lot over there, <laughs> especially after you get rid of one of the well, arguably one of the best throwers, and pretty signify that hey, Drew Locke is just gonna be turning around and hand the, hand the ball off.
0: Travi, I wanted to switch over here. I wanted to get your take. I got a genuine question here. I'm mm-hmm. looking around seven. I took Rashad Penny, but I was thinking about Gabe Davis. I was thinking about Mike Thomas. I was even thinking about Thielen, Elijah Moore, and Chris Olave. I, Renfro's a dude; he's just not mine. And Drake London, I know a lot of people love him. It's it it just hasn't grown yet for me. But I was looking at a lot of these wide receivers, and it's an interesting kind of territory here. We got some young up and comers. We got our Gabe Davises. We got our Chris Alaves. We got our Elijah Moore's. and then we've got some like older time, you know, familiar faces in our Tyler Lockett's, our Adam Thielen's, Chris Godwin. I'd put in that category. We know he's recovering from the injury. Michael Thomas as well. Interesting kind of group of wide receivers. Traylon Burks, we could throw him in that mix too. I wanted to get your take, Big Travy, on this stack of wide receivers um, right before you know. make your pick to fuck you up.
3: I think it. Well, I think it's uh, interesting that you brought it up because I, I was looking at Gabe Davis too, um, and he got you know classic. Mike's been sniping all over this draft. So He's me kudos, too, dude. Kudos to him. But uh, Mike Thomas, look, I'm not thrilled in taking Mike Thomas. Uh, like it doesn't get me really like going here. Ronald's so I, with you. Take. Um, take Robert Woods here. Um, But the the point is that in all these guys, they've all got question marks. So we could run it down. Gabe Davis just, like, really hasn't ever done it. Like, yeah, he's got flashes. We've got, you know, him in the playoffs. He's got some stuff down the stretch, but we really don't know. We like him. He's a rising star. We don't know. Chris Godwin, obviously the injury could be late, could be early with the new pup rules. We don't know. Adam Thielen, look, we know he's a touchdown magnet, and we actually can kind of predict his touchdowns because he's been high in red zone usage. But... He's like oh, like thirty-one. So like it's you know questions. Drake London, obviously bad offense. Maybe poor QB play. Elijah Moore, high stock in the in the draft pick that was taken this year. And in, in Garrett Wilson, Renfro, I like, and I agree with you that he's a dude, but maybe not my dude. He's just like one of those guys that doesn't get you going. But he's he's a solid football player, and I'm in I'm into that for sure. Chris Alave is a guy that's interesting. So like I just think that the, we're in that kind of muck in this in this round of guys that have definite upside. You know the thing about Renfro is you may not you may not like him, but if something happens to Waller or Adams, we know that Renfro is going to like boom. Like we just we saw that last year. Like we, contingency wise, he's a good pick. So the wide receiver one
0: in PPR.
2: Yeah, I think even if even with those guys healthy, he's still going to get that because that's what Josh McDaniels gives 26% uh, target share to the slot wide receiver. Now they could move uh, Devontae Adams in the slot on, on occasion, not saying that they're going to only have Devontae Adams on the outside, but you're telling me Hunter and Hunter Renfro is like Travis said, a really good wide receiver. Uh, people just, we make fun of him because his is uh, NFL bod isn't the mm-hmm. ideal NFL bod, but uh, this guy uh, has been a, you know, faced adversity, his entire career used to be a quarterback um, because he was like the best athlete on the, on the team. Uh, And then, you know, walk on uh, with one of the best universities. Um, So I I think Hunter Renfro, people are sleeping on him hard, but I do understand if he's not your guy, he's not your guy, but I like Hunter Renfro a lot. I think, I think he's going to surprise
3: people. Yeah. Like there's something to be said about what Josh McDaniels gives to the slot receiver for sure. But you know, Devonte Adams has commanded over 25% of the target market share for the last few years. So and hasn't really get
2: that. They could both get that.
3: Yeah. But then there's Waller too. So again, I think if they're all healthy, I don't know that we're going to see that kind of breakdown unless the Raiders are just shocked the world in there a lot, but God damn it, Mike, dude, it's the third guy he's done this to me. For. <laughs> Love um, out, <laughs> i really you, want to dude. doubt about it obviously um uh, but like my point is is like back to the offensive line question we were talking with joel we we're talking with people like if that's the big pro- problem with the raiders is their offensive line if it doesn't get and if it's not good uh that's something we could see uh bring down that offense but i yeah think shot that all three get theirs
0: what do you think what do you think here about ronald's point waller is odd man out not renfro joel do you have any takes here on the las vegas situation what do you think about between renfro adams and waller are you with johnny and travis here or are you kind of feeling and kind of feeling ronald's point here about waller could be the odd man out
1: uh i like waller i mean that the mcdaniel's offense has always hit the tight end pretty hard you know they it's been easy to when you've got gronk and you know yeah. aaron hernandez for a while and but you know, even last year when you had Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, they still relied on the tight end quite a bit. So I yeah, don't think I don't think, I don't think he's going to go away from that. What Darren Waller's too
0: good to not get targets. It's, that's not going to happen. It's, as long as he's healthy, he'll 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 be involved. Quick prediction on yardage total. Like, is is he a, an above twelve hundred yards tight end this year, or is he an above nine hundred yards tight end this year? In your opinion,
1: I'd say somewhere between there, probably okay. eleven 1, hundred, something like that. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, I kind of feel that one there too. That's a very interesting storyline. Ronald I not Ronald. Ronald didn't ask. It was Mike. Mike Herrick asked Joel would love your take on Singletary. This is actually a great conversation topic. The Buffalo backfield in general, we're hearing rumors of James Cook filling in that third down role, Singletary keeping the early down. Zach Moss is a name we're hearing about potentially being traded. Joel, what are you looking at in the Buffalo backfield specifically with Singletary?
1: I think Singletary showed last year that he can he can handle the role. Um, I think they're gonna want to eventually start to transition Josh Allen out of being such a run-heavy quarterback. He's just too valuable to them. He can't be taking all those hits. Uh and James Cook is James Cook is just a J.D. McKissick Jr. I he's not a special player by any means. I don't think he's going to be. Oh, to I
0: love to hear that, Joel. It's refreshing. <laughs> it's like a can of Sprite after a basketball game. Like, you're just like, ah. like. Uh, and, and,
1: and this like, is uh, this is the zero RB thing down to it in a nutshell, right? It's like, I, I, I'm buying Singletary as as the back to own in Buffalo. And it, if everyone's going to be afraid of committing to that, I'll jump on it. I'll take that. Good. I'll take that risk. Good.
0: Let, it, let him fall to me in the sixth round seventh round whatever it was I'll take that I like that take on this uh, Travi Johnny do you see it differently on that I'm personally thinking that Singletary's value is just climbing 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 as his ADP stagnates and drops and the James Cook hype continues to grow maybe we'll see it cool down out of these recent bits of news every I mean in our dynasty league James Cook I think was the third running back taken off the board in the middle of the first round after Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall. So people are like, they're jamming James Cook, but I I think that might be a little thirsty. What do you guys think, Johnny and Travi?
3: I, well, same time talking. the same I time. Like, yeah, I like single. <laughs> I think to Joel's point, like he's it's kind of like the penny thing. He's going to get the first crack at it because of what he showed us in the last month of last year. Like, yeah, they wanted McKissick for certain things that they wanted within that offense. But there's a lot of stuff coming out now that Brian Dable was actually throwing a little bit more than Sean McDermott actually really wanted oh really yeah and what we're seeing now is down the stretch that they actually ran a lot more as they got into the cold weather and in the playoffs um singletary scoring a few more touchdowns so johnny likes to get on here and say like well what if josh allen's touchdowns regress right like what if his rushing touchdowns go down that's got to go somewhere and now that could go to passing touchdowns but i think that devin singletary has already proved that like he can take a beating and do what you need him to do um so i think that's something to to take a look at contract
2: uh, year, right? For Singletary contract, yeah,
3: year. I think that's a big part of it too. I, I, again, I think we should take notice. Like, if we look at the last few years when you have that strong month, last month of the year, that's produced guys like Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Dave Montgomery, guys that if we were back on them the next year in fantasy, we profited. And I think that's something to look at here with both Penny and Singletary as guys that finish strong. And yeah, there's some noise coming in around these other guys. Uh, But again, these scrambling like I think James Cook, the way people are investing him is like he's going to be this like he's going to get all this uh, pass catching work. But it's like these scrambling quarterbacks, we see it. They just don't throw to the backs as much. Mm -hmm. And so I think Singletary Mm -hmm. is that guy on a really good offense. Yeah, they're going to throw a ton. But if there if there's a little bit of a pendulum swing as far as regression in that rate, then Mm you got a guy in Singletary that's going to probably capitalize from that.
2: I mean, I definitely think Singletary is one of these, one of the running backs you target, if you're going zero RB, I personally probably went, went petty, Penny over Singletary, just because you know, that Seattle is going to run the ball a whole heck of a lot. Now you can, yeah. Are you could say the injury risk? I, I totally understand that, but Singletary to me is always outperformed. Uh, you know his expectations, and and shown that he is a really good running back. They just need to give him more opportunities, and and he could do things with them. So, I I don't mind Singletary where he's going. I I think he's a good, I think he's a good uh, zero RB to go after. I just don't have all the confidence like I had a couple of years ago because the thing is with Cook. Now I'm not a huge Cook guy. I'm not, but you know, me, I love my Georgia running backs and Georgia running backs. They do produce in the NFL. And so that's the one thing where it's like Zach Moss. I, I mean, I was off of him since before they even drafted, I could have told you like, he's a trash running back. Uh, but you know, the thing is, is cook went to a really prestigious college and played running back there. So it gives me a little bit more hesitation than When Zach Moss went there, I was like, yeah, Singletary is still the best running back there. Mm. I'm not so certain on it right now. But again, I do like the fact he's in a contract year. That always, in my opinion, bodes well uh, for for players.
0: I know I had referenced earlier how we point to the contracts and it doesn't really mean a lot. And I still the the data I've seen on that suggest that contract years are moot points. But it logically is just so freaking sound. Right, Like, oh, you're going to be getting a deal primarily based on the performance, yeah, of what you've done, but we're going to be looking at what did you do for me recently, and this is the time to carve it out. So I hear the logical point. I will continue to usher in that logical point, even if the data doesn't actually point to it holding water but it's just still so good and no one's calling us out joel do you have any comments on that do you have any thoughts on the contract year point people bring in it makes so much sense but i've seen data suggest it doesn't mean anything
1: yeah i think it goes both ways i i, I don't know that you can really draw a conclusion from it it's yeah you know if you want to use it as a coin flip tiebreaker if you get two guys it, it, there you go it, it, i've been watching football for a long it goes both ways you know mm. It, mm. some guys some guys thrive in the, under that pressure and some guys will so it, it's, mm. you know which one yep. is which? You never
0: know. Yep, I got gotcha. you. Yep. That's a good point to make on this one, and a nice pick, Johnny. You got Jersey J on the Cole Komet. I like that snag there. I was uh, surprised you're still there, uh, dude. It's been a late pushdown for some of these players, Whisper Nation. I mean, yeah. we know we're we're drafting with some shooters on this yeah. one, but as Trabby mentioned earlier, Josh Allen not going until the fourth round and. Then we had uh, Dallas Godert, who was being mentioned here. Mike S.A. and Dallas Godert is a steal where I got him, no lie. Yeah. Ninth round? Yeah. Okay. Well,
2: and Dak going in the 10th, Like I 100% would have went with Dak in the 10th over Kyler in the 5th uh, if I knew that Dak was going to fall. that I, I really thought Dak was going to go in the next two rounds after I took Kyler. So, yeah, there's some some guys definitely falling, uh, a couple of guys that are going a little higher than uh, typical. But it's all good. That's why we mocked.
0: I think we got people who've been mocking too and are, and are noticing yeah. some of these
3: trends. And Joel, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, if you'd have told me we're gonna get a full mock on the fourth and they were all gonna be sharps like this, I'd be like, man, dude, must be must not be that many good barbecues out there, y'all. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm now, dude, don't discredit the mock, baby. There are a lot of good barbecues out there, but where would the people rather be? Right mocking here, boys, with, with boys. Joel. With Johnny, with Travis, with my cats, doing some mock draft Monday on our 12-team half-point PPR, single quarterbacks in the first week of July. And, Whisper Nation, we are going to be doing our Notorious Draft grades after this, where we're going to have myself, Joel, Johnny, and Travis first break down our teams. You tell us who won out of those squads. And then we are going to go through the remaining eight, give them our one of four they are in the ch- they are championship contender in the playoffs on the bubble or outside looking in we're going to break it down and give you one of those four grades here after we get the 13th round wrapped and I'm going to make my 13th round selection right now ooh mike jasecki i'll take him yeah that's ooh, a piece one. of candy uh, that's, ooh, who I was,
2: that's who i was going to take and then i saw a well you're
0: not I was there and everybody, <laughs> wa- everybody wanted to know who johnny would take if jasecki oh, was gone that was, that was-
2: no, it was if Cole Comet was gone, I was gonna go Jasecki.
0: Cole Comet was gone, Cole Comet
2: was there, I was so I picked Josecki. I was giving it the, the first control. time in
3: like seven rounds that Mike hasn't sniped me, so that that feels good. What did you think? What does that mean? You make a mistake? Oh, uh, maybe.
2: Or maybe you <laughs> made a maybe I
3: should have been in on Alec Pierce here in the last round. Yeah. Hey, was, yeah, see, tricky, yeah,
2: look, he we're was good.
3: In, like, oh yeah. Tricky. Wait till then the last time we finally get you, Mike. We finally, but, got... but
2: apparently Mike, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you were going
3: to take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Johnny, yeah, Johnny's hurt. He's down bad after I'm just that.
2: Saying, I was trying to give Austin compliments on the pick and then and it was like, no,
3: yeah, you we really can't is... even do
2: that on 4th of July. This is America. <laughs> we don't give each other compliments
0: come <laughs> no, on dude you, you tell each other to get fucked so like uh, what's your last pick that you're making here before you go get fucked no, I love oh you very guy, much dude. I gotta roll my guy you know it dude the biggest sleeper of all <laughs> Campbell, oh. baby oh if Alec Pierce Paris Campbell I was gonna call I was gonna call Alec Pierce Paris Campbell's bench warmer right now as we all know Alec or uh, Paris Campbell's been rocking it in the first team OTAs we'll see how that keeps going okay. pulling for him awesome well what's for was that Joel
1: off hype.
0: Yep. Off-season hype. We love it. If you're not overreacting in fantasy football, are you even reacting? Well, let's get our reactions now to some of our completed mock draft. Way to go, Whisper Nation. we got another one of these in the books, 13 rounds of fun. Let's go ahead now and take a look. We started with the pick number one. How about we go in reverse order? What do you think? Johnny, you want to give us the – First off, rundown. Tell us how your team went, what you thought, maybe what you would have done differently now that you saw it wrapped or if it's absolutely perfect and nothing could have been done. Let us know that too. Uh,
2: my team went absolutely nothing like I had planned. I hate this nope. team. Uh, <laughs> no. One, this is like one of my worst mocks, honestly. Uh, CeeDee Lamb in the first. I like CeeDee Lamb, but I don't know if I necessarily I was gonna like going in the first. But, yeah. Uh, DeAndre Swift, my boy. I went with him in the second uh, to pair along with Travis Etienne, Alvin Kamara. I grabbed Damian Pierce all the way in the ninth, which I like that one. And then Naheem Hines, another guy I really like in half PPR and PPR leagues. So my running back room, I'm actually pretty confident in. Uh, Quarterback, I got Kyler in the fifth. I think I paid up a little bit too much for him. Uh, And then my wide receivers to pair with Cee Lamb, I got uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Hunter Renfro chris olave kenny g and then paris campbell and then my tight end i got cole clement and seems not as bad as i thought it was when i was like drafting um but there's a lot i would do differently to be honest with you i wouldn't have drafted kyler so early i would probably wait on quarterback um probably grabbed a couple different wide receivers and not start it or have my second wide receiver be deandre hopkins don't really love that uh but overall I think this team would be in that playoff hunt, uh, near the or like on that playoff bubble, pushing for the playoffs at the end of the year. Might be on the outside looking in, to be honest with you, too.
0: Let's go. I like I like Ronald coming in here. Why do you have people do their own? I've been fighting for this all off season. There are three. You have
3: the other two do it. I. Whoa, dude. <laughs> 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 Professor Ron, getting getting a little uh, spicy here. I mean, I I think it's fine. We we could we could play. I like with that his idea. I like sure. his
0: breakdown, but then maybe we can also give our own grades. Yeah. Why don't that? Joel? Why
3: don't you? What, what do you think about Johnny's team here? Is Just it a to, is it a
0: championship contender? Is it in the playoffs? Is it on the bubble,
3: or is it the outside looking in?
0: I think it's a contender. I mean, if you're kind of at the mercy of Kamara's suspension, and I'd be a little
1: nervous about him and Hopkins on the same team, but. Uh, I think he, like he said earlier he's playing for the playoffs and if you know once he gets there that's a, that's a dangerous team in the playoffs I wouldn't want to see that come out week 13 14 when you're in you know if, if I was steamrolling into the playoffs and that that guy just limped in after a lousy start because he was missing two of his key guys for six weeks I'd I'd be afraid of that team
3: I feel you like on that one Joel. what do you think Johnny I mean uh, Trevi Yeah, I'm with Joel on this one. Like, if you look at it, if CeeDee Lamb, we we don't feel comfortable taking him there, but he's definitely the guy that's like, let's say around this area, like him and Mike Evans, that are guys that could absolutely smash this year, just based on volume. And I think CeeDee Lamb, if he hits, and then you get like, Swift should be solid, but if you get one of, you know, ETN or one of your wide receivers like Renfro or Olave to pop, and that floats you to the playoffs, then like Joel said, when you get into the playoffs with this team all there, uh, it's it's scary, man. And then Komet's the other one, too. Like, if Komet can be who we think he's going to be, have a little bit more touchdown positive regression, like, this team has not many holes, which is really mm-hmm. nice for two suspended players on your team. Yeah, no holes, <laughs> <laughs> upside yeah. players pretty much at every spot. And then, like,
0: Olave, you mentioned, as Hopkins. And Kamara, those guys could be at the end of the season playing their best football. You still got Swift and ETN to start it off with CeeDee Lamb, Renfro, and Galladay. Potentially like you don't, you don't have any holes. This is, this is strong. I I think you did a really good job here, Johnny. All right. Moving the reverse order here. Now moving back, uh, we'd be going next here with Joel who drafted in the seven spot. We'll get the panels grades done first before we jump into whisper nation. So you want to give us a breakdown on your team, Joel, and what you were kind of thinking with this build.
1: Uh, it's a zero RB build and I'm pretty happy with it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think chase is right there with, uh, with Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the league. Um, Debo, i uh, mean lit it up last year as a, as a second receiver is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Kittle, if he can stay healthy, like you said, those two are going to dominate targets in San Fran. Um, i like Hollywood in, uh, Arizona, especially with Hopkins suspended for the first six weeks, he's going to, he should have those targets all to himself. Uh, Hopefully he can catch the ball a little better this year than he did last year, but we'll see. Um, Mahomes in round five, I'll take that all day. Uh, you know, in a zero RB build, I want to lead quarterback because I'm, mm. I'm p- potentially giving away two positions every week. Um, so I want to lead tight end. I want to lead quarterback. I'm, I'm not not compromising on those. Uh, and when I go zero RB, I usually go you know wide receiver until they start to look the same. And I was mm. at that point when I took Singletary and he was the best RB on the board uh godwin is a spot right you know being our zero rb i've got my receiver core filled so i can kind of uh, he's gonna he's gonna go on pop he's gonna miss the first six weeks at least so, but I, I can absorb that i'm okay with that and then i can take him you know once he's 100 healthy and put him in my flex uh and then i got a bunch of guys i like as zero rb targets i like daryl henderson behind cam akers coming off the achilles i like spiller because eckler's always I Eckler's great back, but he's small and he's an injury risk. I like Khalil Herbert. He's my uh sleeper special of the year. I wrote an article on him for the club fantasy. I think he's gonna be the one B to David Montgomery. Uh I think with Getze coming over from or coming down from Green Bay, I should say, he's gonna go to a a two RB offense like they ran there. So I think I think Herbert's gonna get a lot of run. And he was he was frankly better than Montgomery last year Mm. on a per touch basis. He was just better than Montgomery. Uh, Sonny Michel and a half PPR, I think he's going to be the goal line back in Miami. So he should get a lot of touchdown outside. Deontay Foreman, if you're nervous about McCaffrey, you got to be in on Foreman. Yeah.
0: Mm. I think this is a good breakdown on this one. I like the way you hedge your bets going with the zero RB strategy. The only one of the bunch. So a really cool example here that I'm seeing. Travi, how would you rank Joel's squad here on a championship contender in the playoffs on the bubble or outside looking
3: in? Um, I th- I think this is a playoff squad. And I think that it could be a dominant like contender too. Uh, if the things break right in is zero RB. Like sometimes you get these and then you, these guys remain backups or whatever. But I will say that your build as far as the running backs you did, Joel, like for especially the nine through 13 range, like Henderson, I love, I had a tweet out uh, a few a few weeks back of just like how one for one he was, you know, when he came in uh, as a replacement. And as you lay it out with Khalil Herbert, like top 10 in PFS rushing grade, whereas we got Dave Montgomery outside the top 40. Um, and so like, that's, that's what we're talking about. And it's a whole new regime. Team, not just head coach we've got a whole new gm in there and if they like herbert more at the end of the year we we project this team to be bad we could see a whole shift over to herbert and, and he showed sony michelle another guy when given volume really good and then foreman last year finally kind of broke through the achilles curse there so i i really think You know, one to two of those should work out, especially if Singletary does his thing. And the last point I wanted to say, because you drafted Debo Samuel and like, that's kind of where he's going, like in that range. And it's just been this like up and down thing, this saga with him. And I was trying to wrap my head around where he's at. Like, you know, he's a really good wide receiver, but we're like kind of discounting that because of all the rushing he did last year. And like PFF was top five in their receiving grade, like take away his carries like he's a good wide receiver and if you get Trey Lance to take a step forward I think Debo Sama could be the key to Joel's team here because as you go like he as he said if you go zero RB you're trying to get dominant at the other positions so if if Debo can swing and hit um, especially with Kittle like I think that this team could be really nasty
0: Mm -hmm. any contrasting opinions Johnny are you with Travis on this No, I'm with it. Yeah, I think as a playoff team
2: and then, yeah, depending on injuries and whatnot and hitting at the right time, uh, I I think this could be a a real dangerous team.
0: I do, too. I think the concerns on Patrick Mahomes are a little overblown. I think that the vacation of Tyreek Hill is an issue, but I think he knows how to play football. I think he also is getting used to being a superstar in life, and I think Patrick Mahomes is so talented and is so good. I think we see a bit of a resurgence from Patrick Mahomes coming in this year, um, even if he doesn't have the best weapons he's had his career. I almost
2: think sport. it's a it's a benefit, right? Because then teams are almost like with Tyreek, it's like, oh, yes, we have to respect the mm-hmm. deep ball because we yeah, know they got how destroyed good
3: Tyreek. by cover two last year because right. they took that away and then they had nothing else. Right. I mean,
2: and so, man, but then Pat started to figure out towards, you know, like after a couple of weeks, he was like, oh, this is okay. This is what I need to do. Whereas now there is no big threat like that. I mean, we all joke about MBS and we do think MBS will be that guy. But like teams are not going to respect that because it's like almost like, okay, go ahead. I bet you he's going to drop it like, you know, and so it's like it only takes a couple of those. So I I do think, like you said, Pat Mahomes sees a little bit of a resurgence Mm -hmm. there.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be cool. And I think this is a cool team. I'm right there with you, Johnny and Travi for Joel's squad of it being firmly in the playoffs. Moving on now to big Travi who drafted out of the sixth spot. Break it down for us, Travi.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I had ideas of grandeur when I drafted in the sixth spot <laughs> that I was going to go ahead and get all these different like awesome players. And I, I honestly think it's kind of a lukewarm uh, setup, but we'll uh, see how it went. So like I went Cooper Cup one six like, look he's obviously super good at football. Like if you took away, I think if, if you took away 40% of his, uh, output last year, he'd still be the wide receiver too. So like we're still dealing with someone that's really, really good. Even with regression baked in. Um, I went with him as my first uh, wide receiver in the first round, then Allen Robinson. I'm just really in on the Allen Robinson resurgence. I think he's yeah. at a really big discount here and I think he could be a huge touchdown guy. Um, for the Rams and everybody's talking about OBJ, but remember OBJ tore his ACL in February. So like we need to just relax. Even if OBJ comes back to the Rams, I think Allen Robinson can have a fine season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the rest of my wide receivers, then it was just about kind of trying to fit some pieces together, some upside with Michael Thomas. I think a consistent floor if Woods is ready for week one, you know, his ACL was a lot uh, earlier in the year. Like, Traylon Burks is bad. Let's let's say he's bad. Like, they don't have anybody else. I think Robert Woods could be, yet again, another a huge discount in fantasy. Um, and then MVS, Rondell Moore, and Crowder, really just upside guys on good offenses. Maybe not Crowder as much, but I think Crowder has been really good, But s- despite being on really bad teams with bad quarterback play. So get him on a good team where he mm-hmm. could be a plus Cole Beasley. I think that could be really good. So I've been in on Crowder late. Rondell Moore, it's really just going to be – He's one of those guys that will be on the roster bubble for me. Like as we get through the first six weeks without Hopkins, if they don't use him in the slot, then it's like, okay, sayonara. Like I don't know what to do with you. Um, but that's just like kind of a good faith thing. And then the running backs, man, I just try to go a little robust through five rounds. Saquon is my first. Connor, um, I, I, I trust Connor's usage. He just has to be on the field. Um, and then J.K. Dobbins a little bit of upside from the RB3 position. And, you know, if I'm looking at these guys, you know, Yes, Saquon's probably the most injury prone, but Connor's pretty injury prone too. So I snagged Daryl Williams, who's a competent enough pass catcher, and he has been in good offenses before that I think he kind of uh, does the deed. And then, you know, steady Eddie, Zach Hurts. I think he's going to soak up some good usage there, and he did down the stretch as well for Kyler Murray, and they gave him big money. So I think he's a big part of their offense.
0: So There we go, breaking it down. I like to top on this one, Johnny and Joel. How are I will start with Johnny on this one? Travis team here got a strong set of positions. Maybe uh running back, he's pretty solid there. Wide receiver, cup, and Robinson to hold it down. Then Michael Thomas, Woods, Valdez Scanling, Rondell Moore, Jameson Crowder. Hope to see one of those guys carry in for that third spot. Got a stable of them to choose from. How and then Zach Ertz, I like that pickup there later in the ninth. How are you looking, Johnny, at this squad in a rankings perspective? You got him as a championship contender in the playoffs on the bubble or outside looking in.
2: I'm in the middle of in the playoffs and on the bubble on this mm. one. And I strictly say that because I just am not a fan of J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I don't mm. think that that I understand they run a lot, but it's not like the the touches that he gets aren't the good. T- they're not the money touches. Those go to Lamar Jackson. Uh, and he's not getting the goal line. Uh, and it's you're going to require a lot of home run hits with Dobbins. I feel this year. Uh, and then I do have some more concern. I heard some things about uh, the Arizona backfield uh, from John Gambadoro that made me pretty nervous about – I do think James Conner ends up being one of those um, running backs that's like in the dead zone that ends up like frustrating people just because – so Daryl Williams, they they brought in because they really do like his pass-catching ability. And they're mm. saying that between Daryl. And then Eno also, uh, who actually has been improving on all the things that they wanted him to improve on, at least this far in camp, they do like his progress. So they are saying that you know Daryl could actually, in fact take the Edmonds role and he's actually been pretty healthy through his his career. Uh, And then that would limit Connor a lot. And, you know, Daryl is a big running back as well. So we could see some uh, touchdown regression coming from James Connor if they don't want to use him around the goal line as much because they are worried about his injury concerns. So that's just where I just get a little bit. But if both those games pan out, you know, like Dobbins does get his home run stuff and um, and then Connor continues to be the running back that we saw last year, which was a major steal, then. Travis is definitely in the playoffs with this team.
0: hey are those points? How about you, Joel?
1: Uh, I think this is really kind of a mirror image of Johnny's team, right? I mean, Johnny's got the suspension issues, but Travis got the a lot of injury risk. <laughs> yeah, and I love I love these guys. I love Saquon. I like James Conner. I love Dobbins. Um, Michael Thomas, who knows? Uh, but if he decides he wants to play, the talent is there. So. I I think this is a team that if he can get, make it through the season unscathed and he gets into the playoffs, that's there's a lot of talent there. That's a dangerous team. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm with you there too. I think that the amount of question marks that I see with these players makes me have a question mark for the overall ranking. I'm with Johnny on this one, just because the ceiling we know is through the roof on this Michael Thomas. We're asking what's his role going to be like in, in new Orleans. Uh, Robert Woods playing for a new team coming off a big injury. Malcos Valdez-Scantling. A lot of of hype. We love that if it comes through. But again, we're asking what his role in Kansas City is going to be. Rondell Moore, similar types of questions. So the ceiling is there. I love playing for the upside. You just take the question marks that come along with that upside as well so that's how i see that one
3: yeah i just want to defend one really quickly jk dobbins because we you said he doesn't get money touches he had eight touchdowns in 2020 six of those came in the last like six weeks when he it was down the stretch and he was like averaging five yards per carry so i do right. think he well, will get and- i think he will get money touches so right. I, I, he got I, they got an injured running back in front of him that was that was why he started to get
2: that because they had nobody else
3: their starter so Okay, but you, you tried to say it was you tried to say it was Lamar Jackson, and he played. It is Lamar
2: Jackson is the rushing quarterback, and he nice. is going to rush in more often. Eight touchdowns than... is
3: a lot of touchdowns, Johnny. Is that how many? How, uh, many, how many touchdowns? How many rushing touchdowns did Lamar have uh, two years ago? I, I don't know, but I, I'll tell you that six out of eight of his rushing touchdowns, J.K. Dobbins, came in when he was the starting seven. running back. So, it's seven.
2: So seven, seven, and then how many last year? And, two, so
3: and they're gonna run a ton dude that's what i'm saying That's
0: kind of lamar jackson only had two rushing touchdowns last
3: he was, year yeah he was injured he was a, injured a little but, yeah
0: yeah but but my point is is like
2: lamar will run it in that's nine nine touchdowns that you're taking off the board is is a lot in two years that's my whole point but people can be on jk dobbins that's cool
0: i'm just not it's just like one right because it's a guy who's got talent to go in the first three rounds but you're getting him outside of that that's that's why we will see. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna see now about my team right when the fourth spot took Derek Henry. My path on this one was I, I was gonna go a little bit of running back anchor. I wanted to go deeper on the wide receiver train. I was stoked to pick up A.J. Brown, who I see as potentially being a vein with some real upside. And D.K. Metcalf, right? people love to talk shit on D.K. Metcalf, and I think it's a little bit out of left field, even in a really weird 2021 season with multiple quarterbacks. Russell Wilson being out, Russell Wilson coming back early despite the hand. In half-point PPR, D.K. Metcalf was still a wide receiver one as the number 12 in half-point and he was a wide receiver one the year before that. We had Dwayne McFarlane on the show a few weeks back talking about a wide receiver's propensity to finish as a wide receiver one or two. Having previous finishes as a wide receiver one or two is going to be a good indicator, and DK Metcalf just has the physical build where I think he can overcome a lot of challenges, one of the few wide receivers that has that ability. So I have no problem picking him up as my second wide receiver. He does have that wide receiver one upside and like mid Wide receiver two floor. As I, as I see him. Kept those wide receiver pickups going with Amari Cooper um, in the sixth, who is going to be the number one in Cleveland, regardless of who's throwing the football. Um, and I was stoked to pick up Chase Claypool there in the eighth. I was going back and forth between Chase Claypool and Brandon Ayuk. I think Ayuk's going to have a better year. Fingers crossed for my dynasty team. But Claypool, from a ceiling perspective, is just really, really exciting. He's got that prototypical wide receiver build. Big Ben is out of Pittsburgh now, whether it is Trubisky or Pickett chucking the rock. I think that's a... Uh, improvement for Chase Claypool, and I'm excited to see what it's about this late down. Kadarius Toney, we spent a lot of time talking about his play style and the upside that he brings, so having him as my fifth wide receiver was not a problem. Derrick Henry, like I said, number one running back, and then get Cam Akers and Antonio Gibson as my second and third running backs. Number one on their team with upside play style. Cam Akers is coming back. He's going to be that number one. Yeah, we'll have to see how he performs, but given the offseason, and he was healthy-ish to be in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl there. We'll see. We'll see. Um, But I like him there with the depth behind him with Antonio Gibson, who has, again, been a back-to-back RB1. We know we have J.D. McKissick and Brian Robinson over there, but Antonio Gibson is still a good running back. He's still been getting a lot of volume, even when they had other options over there. I know the chatter is dissuading, but we'll see. I think that what he's done in years past is nice to look at when you're making predictions moving forward. Um, And then Rashad Penny, we talked about him having, you know, six weeks to close out the season as the number one overall running back. Uh, My quarterbacks, I took Trey Lance in the 10th for an upside swing. And then Matt Stafford as a floor play in case Trey Lance isn't as good as we think he is, or Jimmy Garoppolo stays behind center. Matt Stafford is a top five quarterback last season. He's got another year of development with, I'd say, even better weapons now with him there with van jefferson still is at number three but alan robinson coming in to be that number two to start the year which i think is an improvement even over robert woods and i think robert woods is really good um then james robinson is my fifth running back so if he comes back later and he starts playing anywhere close to how we've seen him start out his career that's going to be a really nice piece to get on late and then mike joseki there is my tight end picking up in the 13th round so i think it's got decent ceiling i think it's got decent floor I was really happy to get the two quarterbacks on this. I think that kind of hedges most of the concerns that I have of, of taking just quarterbacks or excuse me, just running backs and wide receivers through the first nine rounds.
3: Yeah. It's like when you were talking about concerns for these guys, it's like, then you look at the roster. I mean, like similar back to the Dobbins thing where it's like, you just had like, okay, Gibson, all these questions. Like you had him as your third running back. Okay. Like, like if he's questionable, like, okay, move on to Penny. To me, this is the team of like the, the patented, like the talent will win out team. Like, cause all of these dudes are studs. Like if we go down the line, AJ Brown has questions. DK has questions. Cooper questions, Claypool, Tony questions. They're all really fucking talented. Like running back, same thing. Like I think all these guys, you know, acres, Gibson, Henry, I think they've got questions. Sure. But they're talented. So when you're taking a swing at like all these different guys with, with the huge question marks, as long as they're talented guys, we see that play out. And in big ways, I think your swings can be really big. So for me, I think you're a contender especially with the Trey Lance thing. Like if Trey Lance pops, uh, like you're going to be, you're going to smash. Uh, I would, I would imagine with this roster, if he doesn't, then I think, you know, Stafford's going to be just fine to, to float you as a, as like a playoff team. So I'm in on this team. What about you, Johnny? Quick, quick grades on here before we get to whisper nations
2: uh i'll i'll say this as of july 4th i i would be in on this team i think this is like a contender team but i do also look at this team and in my back of my mind i just see that gif of like the race car at the starting line and then as soon as it hit like it's green and then all the wheels just fall off And i just and the only reason i say that is just because derrick henry we've seen him already get injured and he's already had a lot of mileage he could go down Cam Akers. He could just be bad now because he has a torn a kill. A uh Gibson could just full you know, committee, Pirelli. yeah. yeah. So it's just like that's the only thing, Penny like, gets but, hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like you know, and then the, the wide receivers, it's like you know, okay, what if AJ doesn't get to a ceiling? What if DK struggles like he did last year with these backup quarterbacks? You know, it's that's just but again, I as of right now, I'm in on this team, I like this team, I think it's probably. Yeah. You know, personally, I think it's the best team of the four of us that is drafted. But I also do see a world. <laughs>
0: yeah, good you know? point. Yeah, I see yeah. that. What about you, Joel? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think the talent's there. I, I think there's some issues structurally that I I don't like. I would go for a tight end earlier than that. I don't like I don't like sicky at all. I think he's gonna be the odd man out with Tyreek and Waddle there. Uh, but he's he's certainly talented. But it's really James here. Robinson. I don't want anything to do with him. He tore his Achilles in what November December yeah he's not he's not coming back this i mean year. cam
2: makers uh toy, what a day before train camp and then was back in the playoffs Day before
3: the super bowl dude yeah when he was yeah. back yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: I, I i'm just I yeah i don't i don't i i i don't like i don't like
1: robinson i don't like acres either i just don't like i'm off yeah. guys who running backs who care they're killers there's just yeah Foreman is the only guy who's ever gotten through that and he it took him what two and a half years right. to get back to what yeah. he was so um and I don't necessarily like taking two quarterbacks at, you know, that early in the draft, but you know, that's, like I said, that's, those are my issues, not yours. So
0: <laughs> I think it's you think early start- round 10. Is that too early to start taking quarterbacks?
1: I think it's too early to take a second quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, like I said, I, the talent is there. I love AJ Brown. I love Metcalf. I love, like I say, Antonio Gibson is, what's so overrated he's underrated now at this point uh, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah the hate on him has just gotten way too thick that's yeah. that's ridiculous
0: to get him in the fifth round yeah. that's i mean that's even for a zero ib guy that's stealing yeah yeah we'll, yep. we'll take it so before we jump in last final answer championship contender in the playoffs on the bubble or outside looking in playoffs playoffs yeah right. definitely with playoffs yeah
2: i'm gonna go with the playoffs i do think you'll get
0: you're it. all dropping me down now if you listen to joel <laughs> No, like, I, yeah, we're doing playing that. Playing we're doing like, that. I, just, I, play.
3: Play. I, I didn't say I was gonna make. want to crown his ass and crown yeah. him, dude. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Jeez. Moving on over to the Cats pajamas, who's in the 101 spot. He takes Jonathan Taylor to start the draft. Builds out his running backs more in rounds three, five, six, and seven, taking Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Miles Sanders. He gets Terry McLaren to be his number one wide receiver in the end of the second round. Mike Williams to pair in the fourth with Sky Moore in the eighth. Alan Lazard in the ninth and Devonte Parker there in the 10th. DJ shark in the 13th is his last selection and wide receiver. He takes Tom Brady in the 11th with Pat Friermuth as his one and only tight end there in the 12th. We'll stay with Joel here. I'm looking at a team that's pretty well-balanced an emphasis though on running backs, which might've hurt him a little at wide receiver. If I'm just taking a first glance at it, how are you looking at this at cat's pajamas squad?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I, the running back talent is there and you know, as a zero RB guy, this kind of gives me the shivers, but he's kind of covered himself. So he should be okay. But I, yeah, I just don't see a third wide receiver. I don't see a tight end. I want to start. Um, I, Sky Moore's got all kinds of talent, but I think those those targets in Kansas City are going to get so spread out that none of those guys are going to be weak yeah. starters. I don't trust Lazard. I'm a Packer fan. I don't trust Lazard. I don't think hey, he's a starting Packers. wide receiver. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see a third wide receiver here that or mm-hmm. like say, or a tight end, I'm comfortable starting. So this this team would make me really nervous.
0: Mm. All right. So what of the one of the four grades, what are you giving this one? On the bubble, out of the playoffs, where you at? I I think this is an out of the playoff team out of the playoffs johnny travis what do you think
3: um i i can see the concern there especially like, <laughs> like you waited forever got brady i think the value is great but like what if we're in that year that we talked about with rich rebar where it's like the wheels start coming off a little bit i would say it's on the bubble um because i do think a team with jonathan taylor aaron jones who i think are going to smash this year and brady i think should float you enough to get in Um and then you can try to figure some things out but that the wide receivers scare the shit out of me for sure Final grade on the bubble, Johnny, what about you?
2: Yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I would be, I would say on the bubble on this or probably out of the playoffs on this one. I actually do think like, I'm fine with Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams. Uh, I'm actually more concerned with the running back stable because you're going to start Jonathan Taylor. You're going to start Aaron Jones. And then it's like all the the rest of the three running backs they're a dice roll. Like you're going to be like which one should I start each week? You're going to be like Monty Edwards or Sanders. And it's like I don't know. And then you can't really trade any of those guys cuz they're not going to have good enough value to try to trade. The one thing I will say is it's nice if of anything I don't mind going into my actual season weakest at wide receiver because I can, you know, you can pick up wide receivers the easiest of any position off the waiver wire off of, you know, when when you guys, when you get matchups and things like that. So um, my actual concern was the running back stable, but yeah, that's where
0: I would go. I'd say on the outside. I am going with on the bubble for TCP moving over to dirty Jersey 25 in the second spot takes Justin Jefferson, more wide receiver pairings in the third there with T Higgins and Ross, St. Brown in the fifth Christian Kirk in the eighth with Jacoby Myers as his fifth wide receiver in the 10th. He gets Javante Williams as his RB1 in the second with Josh Jacobs to pair in the fourth. Cordero Patterson in the seventh, who's just a running back now. They took away his wide receiver designation. Ramondre Stevenson in the ninth with Kenneth Gainwell to close it out in the 13th. He gets Joe Burrow to QB for him in the sixth with Kirk Cousins as a backup plan. And Dawson Knox fell down to the 11th round on this one. So that's that's pretty good distance there, Johnny. We'll give you the first breakdown and the grading on Dirty Jersey Squad. I really
2: like this team. I mean, I'm not super high on Javante or Jay. Like, I'm not really high on any of these running backs that he got, but I do mm-hmm. think that they paired they pair really well with this team. Like his wide receivers are absolutely stacked, um, besides Kristen Kirk. And uh, but I think the running backs will work for this stable and then pairing Joe Burrow, getting Joe Burrow, so you get the you know, the double dip with T Higgins and uh, you have Justin Jefferson with Cousins, uh, so you could play matchups there. I am a big fan of this team.
0: Championship contender in the playoffs, on the bubble, okay. and out of outside looking in.
2: I think he's in the playoffs. Okay, I yeah, I would say he's in the playoffs.
3: How about you, Big Travis? Yeah, I agree. He's in the playoffs. Um, I would agree with the concerns at running back, obviously with Jacobs and you're just hoping that Vegas is going to write him into the ground by not picking up his option. Williams, I think, is still getting a little steamed up for me. Like the upside is clearly there as a top five back, but Melvin Gordon has been good. So like we can't really draft it at that point. Um, but I think like as Johnny said, you've got such good talent. At, like Amon-Ron on St. Brown as my wide receiver three is awesome. So like it's top heavy. If his wide receivers stay that for the whole year that's really good we know injuries play into it so that's going to be some of it Dawson Knox um you know I, I'd like I'd like another tight end instead of Kirk Cousins I think you'll probably be okay with Burrow if you want to ride that wave um but you know there's some you know, there's some big brain stuff Johnny's talking about uh, trying to play the matchups every other week this isn't best ball, but I see what Johnny's saying like you could definitely CJ play
2: comes every show so you could, be you, you could
3: you could stack some matchups but uh I, I think it's a playoff team I really like um we just need to see burrow run some more if if burrow runs some more this team's a contender you know he one year removed from that. the injury he could he could run a little bit more but so remind me again what was your final grade uh playoff team
0: playoff how about you joel in the playoffs contender on the bubble or outside looking in
3: yeah i think
1: it's a playoff team i love the start i think that first four is fantastic with burrow i think that's awesome kind of went sideways for me after that but i i think that that top four should be enough to to carry him, uh, I, I I like Christian Kirk. I think he's going to get a lot of volume. Yeah. I, I I love Ramondre as a, a zero RB running back, so I think he yeah. should be all right. I don't like Patterson. I don't want to touch Cord- Cordell Patterson. I don't know what yeah. his job is. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know what his role is. I don't know if he can stay healthy. He's like thirty-two. I mean, we hate thirty-year-old yeah. running backs, and the dude's thirty-two, and we're still expecting him to make it through a season. uh And like Travis said, I I don't see a tight end. I want to start here on a weekly basis either. So, Oh. But yeah I love I love that start that first four mm-hmm. is fantastic.
0: Final grade for you? Playoffs. Playoffs. I'm with I you there. I think they'll carry him. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get carried too, and I think he did a good job of covering his other bases through the depth pickups and the way he was able to hedge some of these concerns and question marks of certain players by picking up other guys in down the draft. I'm in the playoffs for Dirty Jersey 25 as well. Love you, Jersey Jay. Moving over now to Rastafaran. I think this is Professor Ron, right? And no. the third
3: spot. This is Anthony.
0: Oh, this is Anthony. Excuse me. Anthony there in the third spot takes Christian McCaffrey, gets Nick Chubb as the second RB in the third with Tyler Algier in the 10th, Mark Ingram in the 12th, JD McKissick there to close it out in the 13th as his fifth running back. His first wide receiver is Keenan Allen selected in the second, Jerry Judy in the fourth, Brandon Cooks in the fifth, Brandon IU coming into his third year there in the eighth, Russell Gage in the ninth, With Jameson Williams, wide receiver for Detroit in the 11th round, Dalton Schultz is going to be his tight end who he selects in the sixth with Russell Wilson, his quarterback, he takes there in the seventh. Looks like he was drafting for value. Travi, I'm not really seeing any holes. What are you seeing here looking at Rastafari squad?
3: Yeah. It's kind of like when we joke around, like this is a missionary position. It feels like for a lot of (laughs) stuff, like I I think CMC is great and I, he could break fantasy for you. I think Wilson has some upside, but you know, like you paired McCaffrey with Chubb. I think that's a perfect pairing. If you're worried about McCaffrey, you go get Chubb who, you know, he's going to what he's going to do in your RB course. So that solidifies it. Then I look at the wide receivers. I love Keenan Allen probably declining just as far as efficiency and like where he's at in his age, just probably on the downtick. That's fine. Jerry, Judy, nobody's scaring me a lot more than Jerry Judy this year, because I think Tim Patrick's been good. We know what Sutton is as far as the play type with Wilson. So that's why I get a little scared off, but Brandon cooks again, like you take those two guys, you take cooks, you're going to be set at wide receiver, I think. Um, And then the upside shots with, with Russell gauge, I thought was really good. And then also with Tyler Algier, uh, a couple of those in ninth and 10th were good picks to kind of, if you're like kind of lukewarm at the top. So Dalton Schultz, again, like not a huge athletic profile, but going to get a ton of volume. So we like him in fantasy. So again, outside of Christian McCaffrey, there's not a lot that you're like, Oh my God, this is like, you know, making me hard, but there's, this is going to get, I think it's a playoff team and it's probably, you know, more leaning towards the bubble, but it's a playoff team. How about you, Joel?
1: Yeah, I think this is a bubble team and it really leans heavily on McCaffrey. I, I, I think if you look like, Keenan Allen in the second there's guys I would have taken ahead of him I'd like Chubb in the third I'm with Travion Judy I I don't trust that at all but then you know Cook's behind him he could be your wide receiver too that could be just fine I like Schultz I like the volume um I may be the only person in on fantasy Twitter who doesn't like Russell Gage but maybe that's mm-hmm. just me I don't know uh so I yeah I think this this team is really leaning on McCaffrey
0: mm. Mm-hmm. So championship contender, the playoffs on the bubble or outside looking in? If I missed that one. it's a bubble team. Bubble team. That's right. Okay. Johnny, how about you?
2: Yeah, I'm, I would say bubble or playoffs. I'm, I would lean a little bit more into the playoffs because I do think McCaffrey comes back and has a pretty solid year. Uh, maybe not as much as you've, he's had over the last few years, but I do think he stays relatively healthy uh, and gets you through the season. So I would say more like limping into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm playoffs to bubble. Playoffs minus for me kind of there. Russell Wilson, I'm hopeful. You you know, Jerry, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Playoffs minus bubble. Bubble is really where I'm at with Rastafarin. All right, moving on now to Classic Mike, who is doing a good job sniping Travi and me. Classic Mike in the boys, dude. That's what he does. Takes Austin Eckler in the fifth with Leonard Fournette and Brees Hall as his second and third running backs rounds three and four. Melvin Gordon is going to be his fourth running back. And Rashad White, presumably, then, would be his fifth, who he takes in the 12th round. He gets Tyreek Hill to lead his wide receiver core with, in the second with Darnell Mooney back him up in the fifth. Gabe Davis in the seventh. Jarvis Landry in the tenth. Tim Patrick in the eleventh. Alec Pierce rounded out in the 13th. Justin Herbert's his quarterback. He selects him in round six with Dallas Goddard being his tight end in round nine. All right. So, Joel, I'm looking at, uh, again, a, a, a running back cream up uh, uh what's the one like i'm looking robust. for okay. yeah, yeah. Ro- running back robust yeah prioritize that's what i was looking for running back prioritize team here with austin eckler fournette and Brees hall four three of the first four selections all running backs um what are you looking at when you take a look at classic mike squad
1: i i look at this team and i don't see a wide receiver too. um mm. Because they're all wide receiver ones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've been on the Gabe Davis train since he was a rookie, but his hype has gotten even beyond mm-hmm. what I want to pay for it. Um, he's still a second receiver to Steph Diggs, and that's, you know, with Josh Allen, you know, how much volume does he actually get? I think we're pumped. I'd, You know, I love seeing that that playoff game, but I don't know that that's sustainable. Mooney, yeah, he's going to be a wide receiver one on that team, but how much are they going to throw? Yeah. Um, This team would make me nervous week to
0: week. I think it's a bubble team. Bubble team for Joel. Johnny, what about you?
2: I think it's a playoff team. I I don't mind. I mean, yes, I do agree. Like, you look at the wide receivers as of right now, and you're not super excited. Uh, But I will say, like, I do think Darnell Mooney will surprise people. I think he could be the the Debo of this, this year. Uh, he's got the speed that offense is going to be quick with uh, getting the ball to him you use screens uh, and they're building a really good relationship with him and field so uh, I do think and they're going to be down a lot so um, I do think that Mooney will be actually usable Uh, Gabe Davis again I do like Gabe Davis maybe was a little higher but you certainly are making that swing there and um, you know patrick a little bit lower i think he'll be usable people uh, don't realize how good patrick is as a wide receiver so i think i think he'll be in the playoffs i don't know if i'd say it's a championship level uh because the wide receivers aren't uh to that level but i do think he'll win enough uh with herbert and the other pieces that he's got um that it makes it a playoff team
3: how about you big travi uh i'm struggling with this one because i would agree with joel that the wide receivers are like even tyreek hill like I, I love Tyreek Hill and he'll get targets, but where are the pop games coming from with Tua? Like so I, don't, we with I don't Waddle last year. I yeah, I don't know if we're going to see that because, as Johnny just said, Waddle demands targets too. So for that to be my wide receiver anchor, so to speak, here and then go Mooney. But again, Gabe Davis would have to pop. You're just relying. You're very thin at wide receiver to rely on guys to hit. But as Ron was kind of saying in the in the chat, like there are wide receivers on the waiver. I just wonder. And we're in half PPR, so you kind of you can kind of make up and, and what that means is, is if his running backs are all hitting, all three of them, then I think he'll be fine. He'll be a playoff team. For now, I'd put him in I'd put him in the playoffs. Um I like Goddard. I like Herbert. So I'm looking at the other parts of his roster are really good. And so if wide receiver's where he's thinnest at, but he can get a guy like Mooney or Davis to hit then he can play kind of like mix and match I think Patrick's got good upside down there in the 11th and Landry's a guy that should soak up targets too he has done it every time in his career so um, I think there's ways he gets there he's got some outs at wide receiver Um, so I'll
0: go playoff team I'm in the playoffs I'm I'm playoffs plus for Classic Mike's squad while I am not sure what the weekly wide receiver lineup is going to be each and every week. I think he's got good options to pick from on this of where he's at. I think they bring some pop. And if one of those three could pop, I think he could cover some of the other wide receivers. And he's got a lot of options of who could pop. And I think he's got a killer trio of running backs. Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, and Brees Hall. I mean, I think Brees Hall is going to be a top 15 running back. We have Dave Kluge on the couple weeks ago who has Leonard Fournette as his third or fourth. Running back as is, and there's a lot of reasons to point to him as a top five, and Eckler as well, um, yeah. and then Herbert and Goder. Those are kind of the X factors for me, and I, I think Goder. I say it all the time, like this tight end's not going to be a problem for you, but he's not your answer. Goder is flirting with answer level for me. If it goes a couple of ways, we'll see. I, I, I just like this team. I think he's got some options, and I think it's kind of I've got some upside for it as well. Uh, moving over here to the seventh spot with J Dub. Do- oh, excuse me, the eighth spot. Thank you. Thank you, Travi. With BroCal38, who takes Devontae Adams in the eighth spot. Gets his second wide receiver, DJ Moore in the fourth. Adam Thielen, Traylon Burks, George Wilson there, Garrett Wilson, excuse me, in the ninth he, with his fifth wide receiver. He doesn't take a running back until round three with Ezekiel Elliott, Damian Harris to pair with his, his number two. Ronald Jones. Marlon Mack in rounds 10-11 with Williams there in the 13th. He gets Mark Andrews, second tight end off the board in the second round, and is uh, with uh, Albert O in the 12th, tight end out of Denver as his number two. Lamar Jackson is his quarterback. He takes him there in the fifth round. Um, Who did I start off with on this last one? these Big Travis. So Joel. what? No, I, I went Joel. Sorry, Johnny. Which, uh, how are you looking at Broke House Squad here? Who delays on taking a running back until round three, and kind of goes a little bit of a value-based draft? It's almost looking like. How? What do you see here, Johnny? I think
2: this is a contender team. Uh, mm-hmm. I love this team. I think that you know, look at like there aren't any holes. I mean, maybe you could point to a uh, wide receiver with you know Traylon Burks being there and Garrett Wilson as like that, and whether or not Adam Thielen can hang on uh, for another year. I get that. But I, I think that with the running backs getting Ezekiel Elliott and the third steal, uh, I think Harris, people will continue to sleep on him, even though he just produces, he gives you fantasy points. That's what you need. So, uh, and then I'm a fan of Ronald Jones over CEH. And then uh, Marlon Mack is just a wild card. We do. The thing is, is like, I do like uh, Damian Pierce, but we do know that Lovey Smith, if you go back to his days from Chicago he is a one running back kind of guy. And so if he does choose to go with just Marlon Mack, that's an absolute steal all the way down there in the 11th round. So um, I, I think that this is a really, and then again, double dip of Lamar and Mark Andrews, who I do think could get back to his days uh, before AJ Brown or uh, sorry, before Brown um, kind of popped off. Yeah. I like this team a lot.
0: You said in the playoffs, I think it's a contender. Oh, contender team for you. Okay,
3: how about you, yeah. Shabby? Yeah, I want to make a contender. My problem is that the guys <laughs> are like, the guys he backed are old. Them, old. With, yeah, there's there's yeah. some old and there's old some man River, dude. There's like lack of upside uh, for the yeah. guys that are behind his guys. So like, if you look at Zeke and Harris, like fine. Like if everything goes right, they'll they'll get you touchdowns. Fine. They'll be fine. But if something goes wrong, like Ronald Jones, Marlon Mack, and Jamal Williams. What is their upside? Like, what are, what are we talking about? RB1. Uh, I don't think so. What? Daryl was, <laughs> no, think... was an RB1. No, Daryl
2: was an RB1 when. All right. Win well, you had a chance without. to
3: talk about this team. So
2: you asked. You
3: asked. No, no <laughs> I didn't. Uh, rhetorically, yeah. Um, so, anyways, so my thing is like, it just lacks the upside Thank for it. me. But again, I, I would agree with Johnny that it's a contender because basically this comes down to player takes, this whole thing. Like, because the roster as it sits right now, Devontae Adams is a wide receiver one. DJ Moore is a wide receiver too. Elliot is probably a back end w- uh, running back one Damian Harris, probably an RB too. So like, if you look at it, yes, it's got everything should hit. And that I think is a playoff team. I, I don't know if I'd go contender. Cause again, I think what you want is to hit this, but we always do this. And in mock drafts, it kind of fits for the content. This won't be his team, you know, like th- this is how it goes. And so like, there's going to be a lot of shuffling there. So for me, I think it's, it's a, it's a playoff team for sure. Playoff team for you, Travi. What about you, Joel?
1: I feel like I have to say this is a championship contender because he was drafting right next to me and he got me more than once. I mean, he got Andrews, got me on DJ Moore, got me on Albert. Oh, I know I've become a big fan of his. I think he nailed the format, right? Harris is a big touchdown guy. Thielen's going to be a big touchdown guy in in, in half PPR touchdowns are important. So Zeke, uh, he's going to score a ton of touchdowns. Andrews is going to score Adams is going to score a ton. Um, I like getting Burks and Wilson there. I think one of those guys will hit. I think you you increase your odds by taking two. I like this team a lot. I definitely playoff plus, probably a contender.
0: All right. I got him as a playoff squad. I'm just not feeling as good about the running backs on this. I'm a little, I'm a little on the lower side, but strongly in the playoffs for me. Way to go, Bro Cal. Moving on here to Z's team who in the ninth round takes Najee Harris as his RB1. He gets AJ Dillon in the fifth. This is RB2. Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds there around seven and eight. With Tyrion Davis-Price there running back out of San Francisco in the 12th. Mike Evans is his first wide receiver. Selected round two. Deontay Johnson, Cortland Sutton in rounds three and four. Joju Smith Schuster is—I said that weird. Joju Smith Schuster is going to be his in the sixth round. It's his fourth wide receiver. Tyler Boyd in the tenth. Van Jefferson there in the thirteenth. His quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. He gets in round eleven. T.J. Hawkinson. This his tight end selected there in round nine. Joel, how did Z do? I mean, what's not to
1: like about this team, right? I mean, not Harris mind? and Dylan. I I'm good with that as my RBs. Evans, Deontay Sutton. I like that a lot. Hawkinson in the ninth. That's yeah. yeah, That was awesome. That's really good. Rogers in the 11th. The only thing I'd worry about is having Najee and Deontay on the same team. Mm. Is that team going to score enough to carry two targets on the same team? That would make me a little nervous. Otherwise I like everything about this team.
0: Okay. Championship contender for you. Definitely. All right. What about you, Johnny?
2: Yeah, I'm right there. I think this will be one of the championship teams. I love everything about the only thing I might tweak on it uh, would be having Cole Komet over Hawkinson uh, on this team. If that was the case, I'd be like, he's probably going to win the championship. But uh, even with Hawkinson on there, um, I still think Hawkinson will be a top eight tight end this year. So, um, yeah, I love this team. I think this is really well done.
3: What about you, Travi? Yeah, it's a contender. I think similar to Brokow's team, when we look at like the setup and like the guys behind him, there is upside. You know, Tyler Boyd's yeah. a great contingency plan. Juju Smith-Schuster, great upside play. Hunt and Edmonds, even and even TDP, all upside swings at the running back position. I think that can really mm-hmm. pay off. So, yeah, I mean, I, there's it's hard to poke holes. I think Joel said it right with Deontay Johnson, but like as your third wide receiver, because you got such a value on Sutton. And again, with the other guys you have behind him, like I think this is a smash. Uh, yeah, it's a contender. And it's I don't no want it our guy ZK, dude. He's over there grinding, awesome. grinding for football guys and, and PFF. So give him a follow on Twitter. Give yeah. him a follow on there. It's like an unsexy
0: contender for me too. I, I want to like kind of shade it, but it's yeah. it's solid <laughs> everywhere. You know, even with like AJ Dillon, because he's your two. You know, Najee Harris is such a great anchor running back. Mike Tomlin's already said they're going to have to make him a bell cow. They're playing to win. They always are. You know, Dylan, Hunt, Edmonds, even TDP, someone's gonna fill in your RB2, and you got enough talent on the other positions. You can fill in a wide receiver at your flex. Doesn't matter. I like it. All right. Don Flick now in the 10th. Takes Stefan Diggs with his second wide receiver being Drake London, all the way down to the seventh round. He goes on a little bit of a run now with wide receivers. Tyler Lock in the eighth, Christian Watson in the ninth, Nicole Hardman in the twelfth. Round two and three. He goes tight ends with Travis Kelsey and Kyle Pitts. Spicy selection. I'm interested in the panels breakdown now. Josh Allen, he's the first quarterback off the board. He's going to Donnie's squad. Wow. And that's the whole breakdown on Donnie's team. So we've got we've got the two, we've got two amazing tight ends there in Kelsey and Pitts. He's got the number one quarterback in Josh Allen. Um, he doesn't take a wide receiver until round or excuse me, a running back until round five but he takes some with some interesting upside on this. Travi, it's over to you to give the initial breakdown.
3: Yeah, this one's hard to dissect because you got to try and look at what he gave up to get the two tight ends special. So he's starting the tight end at flex, I'm assuming, right? You've got Kelsey mm-hmm. and then Pitts in your flex, which means you have your three wide receivers or digs and a combination of London, Lockett, Watson, and Hardman. That's a little scary for me. So then that's where he kind of sacrificed. So if we look at r- running back, Like, I think that's better because obviously you anchored it with digs. But if you look at running back, you've got to get a combination, too, of Mitchell, Walker, Carter, Madison, and Mostert. I can get there, especially on Mitchell. I think a lot of the hate's been a little bit too much because we're like recency bias with the 49ers. We're saying, oh, well, this happens every year that they change it over. If they had it their way, would they have changed it over every year? You know, I think Mitchell is a guy they like a lot, and they're going to run. Now, he could get hurt, and every running back has, but I think, you know, if we're drafting for what's supposed to be week one, Mitchell's a good, you know, you can anchor it down with like a low-end RB1, upside RB2 there. And then it's just like trying to hope it's healthy week one. Then, <laughs> and then you get you got to try and get some of those other guys there, Frat of wide receiver. So it's it's a little bit scary. I think it's a, it's hard because it's talented. Like the tight end and Diggs and Allen, like that would scare the shit out of me every week. Like it could hit huge ceilings. Um, I just don't. I think I'll go bubble team because of the the question marks at running back and wide receiver. What about you, Joel?
1: I'm going to say out of the playoffs because I think this is really a three-man team and Allen, Diggs, and Kelsey, which, you know, it's three elite players, but everything after that, I mean, Pitts is going to be your flex. Um, yeah, I don't I, – I just don't see where – everything else is a gamble. I mean, London at your wide receiver two, you get London and Pitts on the same team. Uh, is that off? Is, Love Falcons, you know, yeah. is, is Mariota going to support two guys that you can rely on but them both week-to-week? You know, it. you got Lockett and Walker on the same team. I, I think you're going to have some really down weeks.
0: I, I really struggle with this team. You got some low flying bird squads with the Falcons and the Seahawks. Right? <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: uh, it'll be it'll be duck
2: hunting season early for tough. for Donnie like, and this team. The that's
3: birds about. that hit the skyscraper window. That's what they're <laughs> what about? What about you, Johnny? What's your grade for Don Flick?
2: Yeah, I, I think he's out of the playoffs on this one. I just I don't like the run. I think you know, again, going into week one, sure you might be able to patch some holes, but beyond that, like I don't, I think every single week you're trying to fill, you know, patch holes that just keep popping up. And pretty soon your
0: boat is sunk. So, um, I yeah, yeah, I, uh, I don't like it. I don't. I'm on. I'm on, I'm just gonna give him it on the bubble because I. I, I appreciate the effort, and this is a fun team. This is one of the yeah. most fun teams I'm looking at on the whole squad. I mean, yeah. it just is. It's, but I don't know if it's going to be that good. But I don't want to. I don't want to discourage fun, so I'll, we're going to go on the bubble here. Yeah. All right, and our last draft here to break it down before we bid you adieu is Albert M. One two one eight. In the eleven, takes Johnny's boy Dalvin Cook and pairs Joe Mixon in the second round with him. He gets Tony Pollard now in the eighth. With James Cook, his brother, Dalvin Cook's brother, that is, in the ninth be his fourth running back. Michael Pittman Jr. is his wide receiver one, takes him in round three. Jalen Waddell, round four. Rashad Bateman, round six. Elijah Moore, round seven. And then 11, 12, and 13 are all wide receivers with Johan Dotson, Tolbert, and Osborne with Minnesota. Darren Waller, tight end, number one for Albert. He gets him in round five. And Dak Prescott is his quarterback. He takes him in round ten. I'm seeing a bit of a value-based draft, I think, on this one, Johnny. What are you seeing and what is your grade?
2: This is this is a really good team. Albert, you you have he had a really good draft last week. and I think we all thought maybe he won last week. I think I think he probably won this week as well. Uh, I love every single pick that he made here. I think he picked them in the right places. They're a good amount of upside uh, somewhat limiting his downside and like he got some steals and getting Darren Waller in the fifth, getting Dak all the way in the 10th. And then the three wide receivers at the end that are um, high, high upside. If anything ever happens to Thielen, we know Osborne can produce Tolbert is hype train galore right now and uh, at this part in July and then Dotson I wasn't a huge fan of Dotson but a lot of insiders are really in on him so uh, but again those are at the end as his lotto tickets I think having Pittman Waddle and Bateman and I am a fan of Elijah Moore uh, I, I just really dig this team what about you Trabby
3: would have liked to see him like uh, get a couple more running backs down below where he like in the 11th, 12th, 13th. But I don't mind those picks, but he he did so well at wide receiver. Like it's it's definitely a playoff team. I think it could be contender if he got a little bit more RB depth because although I love Pollard, I think everybody loves Pollard and he's talented. We've just seen that the Dallas Cowboys love Zeke and have you know, mathematically want to get mm-hmm. him in the, involved. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. But I love this combo of Pittman, Waddle, Bateman, and more like – give me three of those guys every week and I think I'm gonna be all right so I really like the squad and I think it's a playoff team playoff plus you know yeah how about you Joel
1: yeah absolutely the talents there for sure um, cook and mixon's a great start and then like like those guys said Pittman Waddle Bateman Moore you're gonna find you're gonna find three guys to start out of that you're probably winning the Flex every almost every week love Waller um, I share travis concerns about his backup running back especially cook but you know you can find a backup on the wire uh or you can trade it to zero rb guy i'll, I'll trade you something uh <laughs> prescott and then we're prescott in the 10th that's yeah that's, that's great value nice. um i i like dotson uh yeah I, I love this team this is playoff plus
0: definitely probably a contender Right on. I'm right there with you. Way to go, Albert. And way to go, Whisper Nation. We got another mock draft Monday behind us, a 4th of July special here with Joel Worth. Joel, it was awesome chopping it up. You know, we definitely had Whisper Nation enjoying it too. Calvin coming in. Jersey Jay enjoying the additional fantasy perspectives that you brought in. Man, can you let Whisper Nation know where they can find you, and if you got anything you're working on that they should keep an eye out for, Joel?
1: Yeah, I uh, appreciate you guys having me. It was a blast. Really had a great time. Uh, you can find me at Club Fantasy FFL. Uh, I did a couple of recent write ups on uh, the the site's doing a. You know, we're going through every team, writing up one player from each from each team. Uh, I've done uh, write-ups for DJ Moore and uh, Khalil Herbert, who, as I said, is my uh, sleeper special of the year uh, for this year. And I've got more coming up with uh, Travis Kelsey, Aaron Jones, and uh, Mike Evans. Uh, and I write the uh, the Blurred Lines uh, football betting column during the season, so you can find me every week there.
3: Nice. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
0: Do yeah. yourself a favor, go out and follow the man. We've got links in the description as well if you didn't catch those. Big Travi, Johnny Game Time Hicks, any closing words for the crew?
3: Mock Draft Marathon, top of this month. Make sure you guys Thank are subscribed, you. and we will, uh, we'll be rolling out a ton of people, a to, ton of big names this year. We're almost fully booked, so we're excited for that. 24 straight hours of mock drafting on YouTube, our fourth annual. So, again, make sure you're subscribed uh on the on the youtube channel thank you for that forgot
0: to drop the hype video into this mock draft but you could check that one out on youtube as well and we'll be sure to see all of you whisper nation on the mock draft marathon it is a kick-ass time johnny any closing words for the crew have a wonderful rest of your holiday and appreciate you all for tuning in to today's show love you guys all so much and there's not a thing you can do about it i'm austin sear that's johnny game time hicks there's big Travi, We're the fantasy whispers we're out peace
3: peace right here hey do you like mock drafts we do too you can come back every monday and mock with us check out one of these videos and make sure you're liked and subscribed